Welcome to the Gig Boss Podcast. We've got multi-instrumentalist, producer, engineer, frontman, and all-around great dude, Jaron J. On the podcast today, Jaron's a badass track maker who uh, is now releasing material under his own name, but who's also been a go-to producer uh, for over a decade, often functioning in the music for ads space. I'm not saying li- sync licensing because we talked about that, <laughs> but he yeah. did a lot of music for ads. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's based in Australia, but he can be found touring out in the world and collaborating remotely with artists all over the globe. Uh, I've actually had the privilege of working with him as a horn arranger, and my wife has actually sung, sung on one of his tracks as well. I'm super pumped to do more. Please welcome to the podcast, Jaron J. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for having yep. me, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. I'm glad you could do it. Um, yeah, we were just saying, we we're just talking about um, the fact that we've known each other for like two years now, pretty much, which has gone very quickly, as it has, I'm sure it has for most people, but this is, a, this is the first, well, second, but really the first time we've actually <laughs> been been at a level where it's like, cool, I can see your face and actually speak to you. So it's, it's nice. Yeah, we're talking. Yeah. We're like talking. We've been doing the, 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 the voice message thing, which is, I feel like all my friends that are overseas do that. But that's like not a thing that anybody in my circle does. So like my buddy who lives in Jamaica will do that a little bit. Yeah. And I'll do that with you. And that's pretty much it. And I've gotten used to it. It's kind of nice. It's like you're actually having a conversation. You hear each other's voice, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do. It's it's kind of weird that, I mean, I'm kind of impressed that we, you and I managed to do some really cool work together just by going like, just like a 60 second voice message. Like, <laughs> yeah, man, that'll be cool. Can we change this part? It's like, we never, we never thought to call, but I mean, you know, we got some, we got some good stuff done. So we got some shit done. And yeah. you know, you, and you called me like whatever, an hour ago now. Yeah. And you were like, I feel like we should talk a little bit before we <laughs> talk for the first yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was yeah. like, we need to at least like, you know, hear each other's speaking patterns before we <laughs> before we jump on a call together. Sure, sure. Yeah. Well, man, I'm glad it worked. Uh, and uh, and I think that's a, it's a really kind of an interesting lesson on like how things work now. It's like you can find somebody on the internet and you can collaborate and you can do tons of work together and maybe never have like a phone conversation with them or even a, like a zoom or anything like that you know yeah 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 man there's the people power of, of today yeah the power of today it's like it's weird but it's like it's a funny thing between like this is sort of uh this is sort of weird like there's a lot of weird aspects to the internet and the whole virtual communication thing but it's also amazing like there's a guy who i've i've worked with for probably three years now four years and we've never met he's in thailand but we're like i feel like we're really good buddies which is yeah. Which is the really cool thing. And that's always interesting to be like, I've thought about like if we, if him and I were to meet, it's like, are we going to, is it going to be like, have, am I going to have to relearn the friendship or like, you know, do this whole right. like, oh, now we're in person. Let's like, <laughs> you know. We got to figure this out. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's interesting. Different vibe. Yeah. Well, hey man, you know, I wanted to ask you a little bit about your, your background. So like, do you want to, could you tell us me, tell me a little bit like, did your parents play music? You seem, you play like everything. I mean, you're, you're crushing it on the guitar bass drums vocals keyboards uh you know you're producing tons of stuff your stuff sounds great like was music in your family is that something that you were around growing up um first of all thank you that's a a, a very nice compliment um I think like going back, so so my parents, um, they were like very frequent disco goers back in the seventies. So I guess uh, there was, I guess, always some element of, I guess, rhythm, basic rhythm. Yeah. Um, I sort of watched my parents and uncles uh, on my mum's side like dancing a lot when I was younger. So they would always like have super killing disco tunes on and just be dancing. Like they always used to have like for every one of their birthdays, they'd have like parties at halls and they're all, they're all Sri Lankan. So it would be like a very like 
everybody come you know let's go dancing like yeah, <laughs> everyone, yeah nice everyone would, you know get really super jolly so um music was always a thing like music was definitely always a thing in terms of like actual formal practice or lessons or anything like that i think that was sort of started i guess organically by me and i think maybe yeah. on my on my grandma's side there was uh you know one of her brothers might have played guitar back in the day hmm. um but other than that like strangely no like i i don't think yeah. so besides maybe just having an innate love for music um, right that was about it Man, I, f- I feel like i always you know i I run into these musicians that I really like, or I hear these young musicians and I'm like, I'm wowed by, and mm. I'm, and I, I end up finding out that like dad was a band director or mom played violin in the symphony or like, you know, it's like they just grew up in it. Yeah. And you know, I get this question a lot myself, like my, cause my, my mom played violin, but I never heard her play violin. She broke her pinky real bad and didn't play after that. And my dad was like, he would sing. He loved great music. They always had great music on, you know? Yeah. So th- there was there was that element of, like, my dad would turn the s- speakers way up. I mean, he loved to listen <laughs> to music loud. So he'd yeah. be like, Adam, ch- get your trumpet. You know, let's play along to this Chicago record or whatever. Yeah. Um. So he'd be playing great music, but, you know, it's like my parents weren't musicians either. And to end up, I feel like it's a little bit on the rare side to, like, end up as a industry pro and not have been nurtured in that way in in the way that's like like i see with my boys where it's like we're constantly doing call and response or like jan is playing piano i'm playing trumpet and we're like here here's some instruments play you know it's like they're just kind of in it (laughs) yeah yeah that's super cool i like that i mean i i'm i'm always super interested in the question of like whether musical ability is nature or nurture um and i think for a lot of people um well uh, at least as far as i've thought about it it's like if you if you play like you know bitch and music around your around your kids, it's like it's hard that they're not gonna just start to you know like it's gonna be like a language they hear it it just it just comes out you know once it's right. once it's in there, um, but yeah, there's a there's a few cases like that where um, I actually have a friend who's uh, whose parents are in the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra, and mm. yeah, he I, he's pretty young, he's like 21, 22, insanely insanely talented jazz pianist or yeah jazzy pianist. Um, but yeah, jazz-ish, jazz-esque, yeah, jazz-esque, <laughs> um, yeah, it's very interesting though, but, um, uh, in terms of the whole producing thing, like, I think it started, like, I just wanted to not have to pay for recording studios, <laughs> I just wanted yeah. to kind of record my own stuff, and, you know, it, like, it sucked for ages, for like, a good five years, trying to record my own stuff, it sucked, and then, um, yeah, it kind of like, it got to a point where I was like, okay, cool. I need to spend like a good bit of time on this to, <laughs> to you know, to not suck. So anymore. did you like, did you go to YouTube videos? Did you like take a class? Like how, how did you learn it? Was it just repetition? Yeah, it was like, it was a lot of YouTube actually. Like it was heaps of YouTube. And I'm, I'm always telling people like if, if, I mean, not that I'm the total authority on mixing. I'm certainly not. But if anyone asks me like, oh man, you know, how should I get into mixing or producing or anything? I'm like, just go to the internet, man. There's so like the amount yeah. of things you could literally search like how to eat a muesli bar the right way. And you would find <laughs> a thousand videos. Um, so yeah, like, like I, yeah, I sort of just did the YouTube thing and, um, you know, just talking about that, that ad writing job. Uh, I was sort of around yeah. a lot of people who are quite good at mixing, especially in like when I was in the earlier days in like 2018 is when I started that job. And yeah, yeah. That, that sort of forced me to just like get better quickly and being around people that were good at, you know, it was like, it was easy to ask a question or, or, you know, to, to get a critique on a mix or something. 
Yeah. So you're surrounded by people that were doing it at that job. Tell, tell me about that job. Like, you know, yeah. Tell, tell me about that job. What, what, how was that set up? It was a sal like a salaried gig or an hourly thing or like, how, how did that work? Yeah. So it was like, I, I got the job sort of just on chance. Like when I was in, I was living in Berlin uh, and it was at the, the tail end of mid, mid to tail end of 2018 and um, German company, they're called, <laughs> they're called Audio Force, <laughs> which is the worst name ever. Audio Force. <laughs> anyway, um, so I got this job and yeah, it was sort of like the, the company I was working for, Audio Force, is sort of the middleman between bigger clients and the composers. So yeah. I would generally have to do, um, say if it was a job, like I did a lot of uh, car ads, like I did a lot of like BMW and Mercedes and uh, Nissan and stuff. And um, it was basically like, I'd have to submit three songs, two to three songs. And so mm. would, maybe there'd be like four other people in the job. So I'd submit three songs and then maybe four other people would submit two to three songs. And we'd all get a buyout fee, which is basically like, you know, included in the budget. So regardless of whether my song was chosen, I would still get 500 euro per two songs. Wow. And okay. they were, they were only like 30 seconds, you know? So it was like, it was essentially right, right. like writing one song. Um, so yeah, you would get the, you would get the buyout fee, uh, the layout fee, sorry, which is the 500 initial euros just for writing the thing. And then, um, on top of that, like if your song is to win or be chosen by the client, it would then receive a buyout fee essentially, which is, you know, just outright by the track. And that would sure. sort of be dependent on one, how many composers were on the job, like how many ways they had to split for the layout fee. And yep. then it would also depend on essentially how much money's left <laughs> in the budget from the client. So it mm. was like, yeah, it was, it was like cool. Cause it was always that 500 euro initial fee. Um, and then it was like, you know, your buyout would change from job to job. Um, and that was pretty much the deal of it. So then could you, could you like take one of those tracks and go to Marmoset and like upload it to Marmoset's database and, and be like, Hey, do you want to use this? Or are, were those like, no, you, you, you couldn't use them anymore. They, they completely bought the track from you. I'm assuming Marmoset is a library type of thing. It's a licensing, yeah, licensing, licensing library. Agency, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, I could, yeah. So, I mean, if one was chosen and they used it, um, on an ad, then that's theirs. But like, I think there's a couple of songs. I don't know if you, did you, I don't know if you remember seeing my Them Changes, uh, Them, cha the, them Changes cover. I do cover. remember seeing that. Um, yep. Uh, that was actually born out of one of the songs I did for Audio Force. Like the groove, the groove was. And I think a cool. lot of like the percussion and synth elements, I was just like, cool, I'll just take this Audio Force track and, you know, change it into <laughs> a cover. So yeah, man. Yeah, and that's everything, right? Like reusing material is huge. Uh, as a writer, like you know, uh, at least for a long time, my process was like I went to compose, compose like in a in a in a music notation software rather than in a DAW, right? Yeah. And my, you know, it's like I'll go and reuse chord progressions or reuse you know grooves or anything you know certain things there's a certain chord progression i've used on like three different songs now that are completely <laughs> different you yeah. know but it's like i like this chord progression and how whatever there's this common tone b flat throughout all of it yeah um, yeah 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 so i was gonna ask you like in terms of like in, in terms of the 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 latest thing you released music for the water walkway did you just like yeah was that just fully written that was you were kind of at home on you know either was it like a, like a notation software essentially do you write in notation software uh, I do, you know, I do and I don't like, 
<sighs> you know, I, like six years ago, I started learning how to use DAWs. Like that, that I had only my only focus early on was like I just want to be good at Trump. I just want to learn. You know, I want to master this trumpet thing. I really want to learn the language of jazz, and that's where my heart is. And that's you know, it's like. I'm going to let other people deal with the recording thing. Mm. And then like you said, it's like, I really want to, I don't want to have to pay for this shit anymore. <laughs> yeah. So I, and, and part of it was like, I could see the writing on the wall. I was working at a contemporary music school where like all of my students could use Logic and Pro Tools. And I was like, geez, this is like, you know, this is the future. People are going to be, I want to be able to put horns on people's stuff. I want to be able to record. I've got all these songs. Like I write songs with lyrics and stuff too. And I play guitar. Like, you know, I've sent you yeah, some stuff. Yeah, 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 you have. And, yeah. you know, like I, I wanted to record that stuff too and be able to do that. So I just thought, man, six years ago I started using a DAW. So now when I write, you know, it like when you send me a track, I do it all in the DAW and then I'll transcribe it and I'll write it. I'm doing some stuff for JP Delaire too, who, uh, tours with michael bolton he's one member of the peterson family kind of this like legendary music family in, in minneapolis okay yeah wow. and uh he does a bunch of funk like funk-esque he played with in carmen electra's band when prince was producing carmen electra's band back in like the 90s yeah right, um, right. so he's this bad dude like smooth jazz sax he plays keyboards he sings um and so he'll have me do horns on his stuff so i'll i'll usually do it all in the DAW and then I'll go back and I'll transcribe it if he wants to lay an alto part on it. I'll I'll write it out in the in finale. But when I'm writing big band music, like music for the Water Walkway, the new record, I mean that stuff was done I you know, I was sitting at piano first, but then yeah. I bring it over to the to finale and then I kind of flesh it out. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Was that recorded I don't know, I assume that was recorded wait, or maybe did you tell me that was recorded remotely? All remote. That's so yeah. gnarly, dude. That's that's really crazy. And the crazy thing is that like Dude, I like. I really like it. You know, Dude, like I, I listen to it, and I I'm like, "This that sounds album. great." I spun that album a lot. <laughs> Libby, Libby, <laughs> Libby loves it. Like, we just we were listening nice. to it in the car, and it was just like, yeah. I, Libby was like, "Wow, you know this, dude." Sorry, I'm not I'm not meaning to blow smoke yeah. up your butt, but yeah, no, no it's really awesome, great, man. man. I, really love, great. I love hearing that. Thank you. I'm glad you guys like it and yeah. listening to it. I, I, a buddy of mine who's who plays alto in the band, he just sent me a text couple of weeks ago and he goes dude all my he he's he's like big in the indie rock scene too and he, he does a whole he writes a bunch of songs and he plays saxophone he's he toured with bon Iver a little bit um okay. and he sent he sent me a text and he was like man all my indie rock friends are are into your record right now <laughs> you know so i was like hey all right that's cool yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah. It's crossing, you, crossing kinda, you release this stuff and you wonder like who's gonna like this you know i write big band music but i I don't really write big band, big band. You yeah, know? It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. Writing music in that instrumentation that is influenced by other stuff. Uh, it's neo. It's neo big band. It's neo big band. Mm. Yeah. Hey, what's the scene like in Australia? I, mean, I, I know you said like right now you can only rehearse, but yeah, pretty much. I do. I haven't left the studio chair in like four years, so I don't know. But um, <laughs> wow, <laughs> no, four like, years. Yeah, I uh, dude, I've been well since like Audio Force. Since I started Audio Force, I've just been like in the studio, like just you know doing this thing. But like, I, yeah, yeah I, I really haven't actually been in the music scene for quite a while, and even before that, like from 2016 to. So early 2016 to 2019, I was sort of living living abroad, living in um, Europe. And yeah, so it's been a little bit of time since I've sort of like been around the traps of Melbourne. Um, I'm in Geelong, which is about an hour and a bit from Melbourne. So I don't get up there yeah. a whole lot. It seems to like, as far as I can see, and you know, like friends that are super in the scene, it's like, it's still a little in ruins. It's very in ruins. And I don't know if um, I'm, you know, I, I generally 
kind of keep my head out of politics and all the social aspect of the the virus and all that kind of stuff that's happening. Um, But yeah, it does seem like it's uh, on shaky legs a little bit because I think the whole thing is like there's still capacity rules and there's still all weird stuff around... Like you can only, ha- it's like really weird rules. You can only have like a certain amount of people at a gig. I'm sure it was pretty much, it was probably the same there for for a period of time, but it's sort of still dragging out here. And yeah. um, uh, it's, it's a bit, it's a bit weird. It's a bit weird. That's, that's about as much as I know about it. And um, yeah, we're still sort of not on the other side <laughs> to be a downer sure. about it, to be a, down- a total yeah. downer about it. But yeah, it's, it's a little weird. Um but you know, there's like there's so many great musicians around from Melbourne. Like the, I'm sure you know the Hiatus Coyote dudes come from Melbourne. Yep. There's a lot of like that caliber of really good jazz musos around that area. Cool. And I think, um, yeah, I mean, hopefully, hopefully soon we'll come out of it. You know. But you know, it's. I was just in in North Dakota doing a guest artist thing with a high school, and and one of the trombone players I was playing with like an adult big band. They were they had learned a couple of my tunes, and there was another guest artist with me, and one of the trombone players who was supposed to play in the band, her fiance was being intubated and they were like saying their goodbyes and stuff. I mean, it's like, Oh, what? It's it's like this because you know, there's like, I, I think you're, when you are referring to like the social aspects of the virus and stuff, I imagine that you're referring to the fact that some people don't think it's real or some people don't want to take the vaccine. I mean, it's like, that's yeah. a huge thing here too. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like this, this dude is like an unvaccinated dude. And like, yeah, he's, you know, it's like I, this was a couple weeks ago and I'm, th- I'm like, Oh man, we're, 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 do- we're doing this. You know, we're, the Omicron is weaker. We got the vi- we got the we got the uh, the vaccine. We got the booster. I was like, I'm ready to go, you know. Yeah. And and meanwhile, like, you know, these people are saying their goodbyes to to this guy who's like in his mid 30s. I mean, it's like uh, this thing really isn't behind us in, yeah, in that no. way. It's kind of screwed up to say, but yeah, I and I that is what I'm referring to with the social aspect. I you know my whole thing is like, I don't care if you get it. I don't care if you don't. But like, just one, shut up. And if, if you don't know, shut up. And two, like, deal with the consequences of whatever choice you make. Like, that's that's fine. I yeah. I, I try to just, you know, I, <laughs> I've I've definitely got like thoughts about it, but you know, what I'm a mere I'm but a mere musician. <laughs> but a mere, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, choices have consequences, though. I mean, that's uh, sure. that's real. That's super real. For hey, sure. I want to get back to your track making um, for ads. You know, mm. I I read and I've been reading this book, uh, Tracks That Sink by Graham Barton, and just wanted to learn a little bit more. Uh, and he talks about creating thirty second tracks, and he says one one thing you can do. He says is you can imagine like a plane is taking off. Uh, you know, in terms of the flow of your track, imagine like a plane is taking off, and as you're getting towards the clouds, you experience a bunch of turbulence, and then you get through the clouds, and it's smooth air, and the sun is shining, and you know it's bright and beautiful. Um, <laughs> it's you know when you're thinking about creating a 30 second track for like you get you get a whatever a Mercedes ad. First, are you do you are you given a story beforehand, and second like. Are you? Is that how you're thinking? Are you thinking like there needs to be a moment in the track where things kind of open up and explode, like a like a like a boom moment, in, like in a, that you hear in an ad? Yeah, it's very it's very that. And like so so for most of the tracks I've done for ads, we usually get a reference song, which is kind of oh. wild, which is a little bit wild. And so it's about like, and I would say that this has helped my producing a lot. It's sort of about identifying the essence you know <laughs> for lack of a better word identifying sure. the essence about of the the reference and then trying to toe the line between like 
this feels like that, but it's not that. Right. So usually it's Which like Which is that's like what Robin Thicke and Pharrell did, right? And they got sued the <laughs> sued their pants off. Yeah, did they lose that? Did they lose that? They lost that. Oh yeah. <laughs> they had to pay lots of money. And and I remember I listened to this interview with Rick Rubin and and Pharrell and Pharrell was like, you know, it's he's he was still kind of sore about it because he was like we made it feel like that track. Yeah. But it doesn't it's not that song. It doesn't sound like that song, but we made it feel we we found the essence. Yeah. I think that's like a gift that producers have, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a challenge. It's the challenge too. It's like if you can I mean, and you know, the wild thing is a lot of these cases I've seen and I don't know too much about it, but a lot of these cases I've seen, it's just like when they when they take it to court and there's you've you've got the panel of of um <laughs> judges for <laughs> whatever um sure they're just like dudes they're just like dudes in suits <laughs> yeah oh yeah so old, old dudes old white guys yeah 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 every time and it's like every time i don't do like, you know the core changes to a blues pharrell <laughs> you know? i was like no did you see those interviews they did those like it was like they're being interrogated in, in like a, a in like the police station or something. <laughs> you know, they were like at a table. And they're going, no, Do I haven't you know, seen that. Can you tell me the chords of a blues? You know, Pharrell's like, no. You know? <laughs> uh, I love that. Which it's was like, like uh, at one time it was like super sad to hear that, and also it was like, dude, this dude is like a, a heavy producer, and he doesn't even know the chords to a blues. Like, yeah, I also find it's it hilarious amazing how there's a disconnect he, there. Yeah, I find it hilarious that he's being theoretically interrogated <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> interrogated on his theory knowledge yeah <laughs> i don't know if that's like them trying to build a case that he doesn't understand music well enough to to be able to, to rip copy off it. i don't know like, yeah, I don't, yeah yeah i don't know what that is about um obviously he's a brilliant producer and has done tons of amazing stuff and that interview with Rick Rubin is really cool. Actually, I'll, I'll link that in the show notes for people that are listening. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't think I've too, I don't think I've seen too much like media surrounding that. But um, yeah, that's. Uh, but I actually watched a video on it recently, and the other thing that came up was um, uh, Uptown Funk, which yeah. I think ended up losing. And then there's like there's a whole bunch of like other producers. There's a whole bunch of other bands and artists on there now that are sort of taking a cut. And it's like, right. that whole thing is hard because, like, where's the line between inspiration and straight up, like, stealing? It's like... Sure, sure. Um, well, it's, everything's derivative, right? Everything comes from something. It's like we all grew up listening to, to a whole myriad of, mu of musics and then we put all that together in our heads and what comes out is what comes out. And sometimes yeah. it sounds like... Sounds like, sometimes it sounds like something else, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like... Well, I think it was Miles that he was like... Miles said, if you don't want it stolen, don't play it. <laughs> i haven't heard that quote that's good i like that yeah 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 um but yeah to, to get back to the ad writing thing it was like um it's it's so it's, it's based on reference tracks and there is definitely that element of like you need to explode at some point and a lot of the time i would do things and i would get feedback like yeah it's not big enough it needs to be bigger so <laughs> like literally like you can get away with putting a riser in like <laughs> And then just putting an explosion sound in, like legit. <laughs> that was <laughs> that was the scope of this job, man. And you yes. would like you would get. I got the feedback. F so we, I did a Huawei job in like early 2019, and the feedback I got because I think it was for uh, a Chinese client. There was a Chinese Huawei, so um, the, there was like there was a bit of a translation issue. So it had to go from obviously a, a first Chinese speaking person to my boss who is German 
who also doesn't speak mm. very good English, um, yeah. back to me. And the feedback I got was, it needs to, it's, it sounds too much like bing, bing, bing. It needs to sound more like bong, bong, bong. Legit, I kid you not. <laughs> and in a way, I kind of got it, which was the weird part. I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, I can see that. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Let, let's make that change. Yeah, so, yeah. That's amazing. It, it was very like, yeah, it was, again, it's that thing like, like how we're talking about the the, the lawyers in suits. It was just suits, company suits being like, eh, it needs to be. I think one time someone was like, can you take the violin out? I was like, That's, there's, no, there's no violin in the song. I don't have yeah, a violin yeah, yeah. or a violin patch that I'm putting in, in ads. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't so, tell you how many times I've been standing on stage and sound checking for a show on the road and the engineer goes, I'd like to check the saxophone <laughs> and I'm the only. Yeah. yeah. Can I check the saxophone? I'm the only horn player on stage. I'm like. <laughs> I had that exact sure. same thing happen to a, a player, uh, Kelly, who I toured in in the band with. Same thing, trumpet. Uh, sorry, um, saxophone. Yeah. Um, yeah. Take the sax. This is called a trumpet. Yeah. This is called. A, first of all, <laughs> I get turn it. Turn the it's, highs down. Yeah. You're yeah, gonna yeah, have yeah. no idea how to make this sound good. Yeah. Turn the verb down a bit. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. Give me verb. That covers up all my mistakes. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. That's true. It does. Let's go reverb. I um I always try to practice with verb because it means I need to focus less on my shitty technique and and more on wow this sounds cool. There you go. Ooh. Yeah, and you know what? While this sounds cool, has some power in it, like in in for your head, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> for for your mental, <laughs> for your confidence. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's all about confidence. You know, along those lines, actually, I was I wanted to ask you because you were in this ad world and now you're like Jaron Jay front manning your own thing and like making these amazing and sort of hilarious videos and you know like incredible music and like you you transition from being that like an ad person making 30 second tracks explosions to to sort of like front manning mm. what was that transition like in your head uh you know did it's it's a lot more personal, sort of putting yourself out there like that. But you seem so comfortable and at home in that space. You seem so comfortable. You're totally like, do you jump off the screen when? And, <laughs> and we're not even. I'm not even able to see you in person, right? But it's just like Instagram videos, YouTube. Uh, it, it's it screams to me like you just like you're doing your thing. You feel comfortable. Was that a transition for you uh, mentally? Yeah, uh, I don't know. It's so so. I think the like the. The main thing that sort of um, the catalyst for that was my partner Libby being like, "Hey, you should just like make videos and make music and just put it online." I was like, "Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, maybe I should do that." So it was weird. It was like there was like no, there was no real thought put into it. It was just Libby saying, "You should do that," and I was like, "Yeah, all right, I'll do that." And like, I think the the nature of like the Jaron J character, like I've always been a bit of a larrikin you know <laughs> so like that that part's easy that part's super easy um sure but yeah like i think that i think the thing i'm trying to really be aware of is like it's it's definitely a bandwidth thing of like cool i'm working in the studio i'm doing a whole bunch of stuff i'm trying to work on tracks and mix and produce and all that i need to at least on a social media level, maintain the character of Jaron J, which like admittedly, I don't think is too far from my actual character. Um, sure. But yeah, it wasn't a huge shift, which was, which was kind of nice. And like, 
I needed to, I needed time to obviously, you know, grow up and be comfortable with who I am and all of that kind of deep spiritual kind of stuff that, that people need to do around yeah. anywhere from 22 to, to 40, depending on who you are and, sure. and where you've been. Um, but yeah, that was and definitely, part I think of it. that deserves more of, that deserves more of an aside too. It's, it's, that's a really important and, and difficult process for a lot of people to really accept yourself and, mm. and, uh, be feel comfortable you know putting yourself out there like that yeah absolutely and i think with anyone like you've got to embrace the dark parts too that's really the the part for me that i was like cool i gotta be comfortable with these with these shitty parts that either i don't like or some people don't like or whatever it is or you know try and try and try and better them but you know not be not feel uh ridden down with guilt about them (laughs) you know right yeah right definitely it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So no, the transition was the transition was comfortable, and like making those videos in twenty twenty was a whole bunch of fun because I mean you know we were in lockdown, and it was just me and yeah. Louis just hanging out, just shooting shit, being silly. Um, so that was, yeah. yeah, it was really it was actually just fun, and and it's 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 become a little bit more stressful now that I've sort of you know like I've got big guns on board. I've got you. I've got Bob. I've got uh, Dave. Ormsby the drummer yep. so like you know I'm, yeah. I'm playing with people's time and it's like cool I gotta I gotta deliver on this shit yeah and you are man I'm like everything I hear sounds so great and by Bob you you mean Bob Mitzer for I those do of you that are I do jazz people I'm <laughs> sure there are some jazz people listening to my podcast yeah but, I would assume so yeah, uh, yeah. hopefully that hopefully our net gets cast much wider but uh yeah 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 um yeah so no it's it's great I'm having a really good time though I'm stoked to be like yeah like as we we're just referring back to the whole internet thing um yeah and social media like the fact that i was able to to meet you and to to well you know e-meet you and e-meet a whole bunch of awesome people it's like that's incredible definitely man yeah definitely opens up the whole world i mean when i was leaving to come to michigan from minneapolis you know uh i talked to mike nelson the the leader of the hornheads who you know played with Corey wong and stuff and i had done a couple of Corey's albums uh before i left and you know i was doing tons of recording with the hornheads like every week there was something for somebody it wasn't Mm. just Corey stuff it was like they get asked to do tons of stuff because of playing with prince and when i got the offer to come to michigan i called mike and i was like man what do you think you know do you think do you think we could record things remotely do you think i could like i got a setup man like it's sounding better and better i know what i'm doing now and uh and he was basically like no i don't think it's gonna work and then COVID hit and dude, he started calling and he was like, Hey, can you lay this down? Can you lay that down? Can you imitate Randy Brecker on this? Can you do this? Can you do that? And I was like, shit. Yeah, let's go. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we, we've recorded tons of stuff. It's like that, the, for better, or for worse, you know, COVID, uh, kind of opened up everybody's world. And I think, I think for Mike, uh, and like the Hornhead stuff, you know, he realized or, or, you know, whether it was convenience or whatever, he realized that, you know, on the back end, you can't really tell. I mean, it's like wild how you can't no, really tell no. that we're not in the same room. You know what I mean? Yeah, and like you know, you can you can um, you can do a lot with room plugins. You can do a lot with all you know, just plugins. Also, in this day and age, are insane, and you can make make things sound as if they're not, or the other yep. way around. Um, yeah. So, ha- when was the last time you were in a room with uh, a bunch of horns recording? With a bunch of horns recording, mm. 
It's been a long time. Been a long time. Couple, yeah, a couple of years. Yeah, a couple of years. I mean, I, I've done some stuff now. Like my, I have a trio in Chicago that just did a live show. Um, we did like a. We, my buddy has a really cool loft in Chicago. It used to be a corner store, so it's like on the corner in Chicago. Yeah, I think and, I saw uh, the video of that. It was in a yeah, a room room style recording. Yeah, 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 yeah big room. And we didn't, we haven't released anything yet. We had some like kind of teaser thing videos I posted probably, but yeah, um, yeah. You know, we we recorded there and and uh, had had some people in the room and you know was in the same room as other musicians, which is cool. And of course, like the the cause thing with Corey Wong happened like in the thick of COVID before the vaccine was available. That was a that was a real that really messed with my head a lot. That was a that was a tough one. That was like fifteen people in the same room, you know, masks off. Yeah. Okay. Bef- before the vaccine, I mean, it was heavy. I mean, you know, everybody was like hey let's make a cause bubble let's let's lock down before we we come and all that stuff but uh and you know everything was as safe as it could have been mm. but when we're filming like we're, we're recording and filming it's like we're, masks were off yeah yeah um, shit <laughs> shit's live as <laughs> yeah i mean it was it was wild i mean it was definitely i've never been like a nervous person and it, it messed with my head a lot to be so heavily locked down for a year or whatever and then to just be like all right peace i'm gonna go hang out with 11 people in the in in a big room you know what i mean yeah was it was it the fact that you were just you, you know you're literally in the in the room with people with no mask like the whole you know the fear of of getting sick was that the, that was the thing i get i guess rooted in that i suppose like i don't know like i think intellectually i wasn't afraid of getting sick because i was like i'm a young person i'm healthy like the likelihood of me getting terribly ill if I get this is pretty low. Like, you know, intellectually, I understood that. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's like we were completely like, as you know, I'm sure like we were completely, we didn't see anybody for like months and months and months. It was just our family, just our little family unit. Mm. We see people outside or whatever. Um, but like, you know, I went from that to being like, fuck it here we go yeah thrown thrown in the deep end yeah it's pretty really it was like it was tough and i it was i got emotional on stage playing we actually performed as well on that same trip um and i got like real because people people drove their cars up and parked to listen that was like how they set it up yeah which was cool you know yeah yeah it was fun to play music again but i was getting like emotional because i was like man i haven't even played music with anybody since this thing either you know so there was that added like whoa this is heavy yeah yeah kind of feeling you know yeah that's wild man i i am yet to sort of i think maybe in like early 2021 i did a like a 50th birthday or something but it wasn't like it wasn't really a gig and i think it was i mean it was a gig but you know it wasn't a gig gig but um yeah it was in one of our breaks from lockdown um but i don't think i really felt the the that that real heavy like whoa this is like kind of a a thing to be in the, in front of this many people or around this many people but even in December um that was probably like December just gone that was the time because I went to my one of my good friends weddings and I was the best man and yeah it was just a packed venue and I was sort of like this is weird like it's weird and it was almost awkward to like be around that many people at once and it was so strange because totally. I'm like a totally social person like i I thrive on being around a lot of people or you know just being around people in general um really bizarre kind of thing and i wonder how it's like it's obviously affected a lot of people mentally like even the even the fact that you know you went and did that gig and you got emotional just being in front of people and playing music 
you got to imagine what it's doing for kids. For like, do you know? Do you, with with your like with your kids, do you notice any potential social things that have changed since being in lockdown, or you know, be, since the virus? You know, the, this is a talking point of of people that are like against lockdowns and stuff. Uh, that like, look, so what about the kids? <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. I, I think I think kids are pretty adaptable, and I I agree though. Like there there were moments when I was like. They need to be. They need to socialize. They need to be around other kids. Like the, this is a part of their development. And Hobbs, because Hobbs was so young when it hit. Like Hobbs was one or something. You know, now he's or he was two. Maybe he was. He's four now. Yeah. And you know, when we first started to bring him to to preschool, he goes to preschool for two hours only, twice a, twice a week. Two hours twice a week. Okay. And it's just real chill. It's just like a playtime, basically, with other kids, with some teachers around, and. He would. He was very like Augie. The first time we left him at a thing like that, he was like, "Peace out, guys." <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and Hobbs was like bawling. Like he was the kid who couldn't, didn't want us to leave, and would and would cry and cry and cry. And when we left, like a, the, the teachers would text us ten minutes or fifteen minutes later and go, "All right, he has stopped crying now. Everything's okay." Okay, because we'd be texting him like, "Is everything all right? Is he still crying?" We're like, should we be dropping off? Should we not be dropping him off? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And now he's he loves it and and does it. You know, it's just twice a week for a couple hours each time. I don't, you know, there's a whole thing about like whether or not we should be like very heavily trying to educate young kids. It's like we should just be giving them opportunities to play, basically, and and yeah. sort of like play play based learning, really. And and that's what this place is. So we feel good about that. Uh, but there was definitely like, are we, are we, you know, what, what, sh- are we doing the right thing? Should we, should we send him there? Should we not send him there? Yeah. And yeah. you know, I thought, me, I, I wondered, like, hey, is this, is this because of COVID? Like, he's just been around his parents all the time. You know, mm. he's never away from us. Uh, and that just wasn't the case with Og. You know, he was, he was able to hang out at the very least. He was with family or whatever. You know, yeah, away from us. You know, from time yeah. to time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, it's well. Look, at least he had you guys. Like, you know, he was hanging around some cool cats. That's good. Um, yeah. But I, you know, Libby and I were talking about um, kids, and because she works at a gift store, and so you know, people come in with their kids, and everyone has masks on, so kids never get to see. You know, they see this. It's like, are you yep. are you smiling or are you are you mad yeah. at me? <laughs> I yeah I I think it's a very interesting topic psychological topic that I'm absolutely not qualified to talk about. <laughs> yeah, there's that. Yeah, the qualifications thing. I do think that kids and everybody probably are are kind of getting used to reading people's eyes and, yeah. are, and around their eyes. You know, it's like we have facial expressions up here too. Yeah, so I do. I do think there's an element of like, oh wait, I can kind of tell what's going on. Mm. Uh, but man, it is a it is pretty pretty wild landscape out there it is are you guys just last question about lockdown well i mean it doesn't have to be the last question but are you guys are you guys <laughs> locked down you, you, got, you guys aren't still no locked down, no, are no no okay, okay no we're not gotcha. locked down no yes yeah, and you know i i feel a bit like i'm partying like it's 2019 right now because i i had it in january and uh and you know i vaccinated and boosted and and i got it and i was on the road with my students i booked i booked a tour for my students before omicron right yeah or omicron or whatever however you say it and we just i just decided you know what we're gonna go through with it let's just do it yeah and hopefully it'll be all right and uh i booked a gig with my quintet at the same time so my quintet played this club show at at crooners in minneapolis and and my students opened for us and and we rehearsed for three hours with 
uh, with my band, like Tuesday night of the tour. That day, that actually, while I was at the rehearsal, a student of mine called me and was like, I'm feeling sick. You know, it's like one of the students who was on the tour. So he, as it turned out, we didn't know until we got back, but as it turned out, he, he came to tour with COVID. Oh. Um, and uh, <laughs> yeah, nice, huh? That's and, sweet. And then the day of my show, my keyboard player, my piano player, is really awesome piano player in Minneapolis, um, he called me and he goes, I'm so sorry, man. I, I just tested positive this morning. I was feeling kind of crappy. It's like I was drinking last night, so I thought maybe it was that. And, okay. you know, it turns out I have COVID. And I was like, no! It's the day of the show, you know? <laughs> oh, all rough. this new music, all this rough. new music, no recordings, you know? And so I called one of my former students, Kaviash Kaviraj, who's this really badass keyboard player, and he showed up and completely crushed it. Nice. And then a few days later, of course, I tested positive. When we got home, um, I wore my mask around my family for a day, and then... I took it off thinking like, uh, it's been a day. I, I feel all right. And then I started feeling symptoms and I put it back on and tested and tested positive. Gotcha, and then it was yeah. like, I had symptoms for two days. Uh, it was super mild. I got to attribute that to the vaccine and the booster. Yeah I, yeah. I felt, I felt good, you know, and now because I just had it, it's like, there's this 90 day window where like, you're probably not going to get it. So yeah, I was like, I was in North Dakota. I was at bars. I was having drinks and hanging out. I was like, Hey, what's up everybody? What's up? everybody? <laughs> you know, so it's totally different. Totally yeah. different. Adam back to, back to 2019 Adam. Yeah. No, I see. I'm trying to get back there. I'm trying to get back to party days, but I have too many, too many projects on. <laughs> no, nah, there's not, yeah. I mean, you know, man, I used to party real hard. I used to party really, really hard when I was younger. Um, <laughs> and I feel like I've done my quota of partying. You know, I filled that quota. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll have a little, I'll have a little party here and there, but yeah. Yeah. Anytime I I'm party I'm sure people now, that, like, people that really know me and that heard me just say that, they're like, Meckler doesn't party. What is he talking <laughs> about? Like, that's not, <laughs> that's not really, uh, I was never, I was always the one that was like, guys, we have class. You're playing Super Smash Brothers. You know, it's Let's one a.m. <laughs> we have sightseeing in class at eight a.m. Uh, <laughs> that was totally me, man. I was always giving people shit about smoking weed all the time, drinking and stuff. Were you? I, uh, I, look, I don't know if I can picture that. Um, maybe, maybe. How, how long? Well, how long was this? I though? mean, like, I just like I just like to play my horn, man. Like that was all I cared about, especially at that time. I had no interest in in any kind of mind-altering thing i was like i just want to play i just want to practice so i was just I was, i'm I'm generally like a focused person you know you met me with kids so it's a little more chaotic but yeah yeah i'm a very driven focused person you know so i'm I'm constantly trying to do the next thing and yeah and uh no i i, I respect that my thing is always like you know because i've been playing for 15 years my thing was always just play play the gig first and then let's party like and that's i definitely know people that are you know like, well, let's just get absolutely sideways and play a gig. I'm like, yeah, but then, then the gig's going to suck. And then, like, then the I'm going to want to party yeah. less afterwards because I just played a yeah. shit set, you know? Um, yeah, totally. I'm, I'm with you on that. Totally. I think there's definitely healthy balances to... I'm, I'm, I'm all about moderation, mm. you know? We're just going to pause there for a sec to say that this podcast is brought to you by the Gig Boss app. Jana and I created Gig Boss because we were leading our own groups, freelancing in others, touring, teaching private lessons, and doing freelance education work, all while raising our two boys. We needed a way to keep track of everything. Create a group, create an event, and start organizing the madness. Gig Boss app is free on iOS and Android. Yeah, exactly. I'm curious, you know, I'm curious about 
about your track making now that you're making your own music mm. you know you spent so much time in the ad space and your workflow probably felt you've probably fell into a workflow rhythm with the ad space is your workflow different when you're creating a track now that you're going to release under your name that's maybe two and a half minutes long as opposed to 30 seconds mm. uh what's your process like i have a very very sporadic process it's i don't know i think it's one of those things like i can never i can never force a song out obviously i don't think anyone can but like it's sort of hard for me to like answer that question because it's it's like it's like when i get in a zone it might happen once a week or it might happen three times a week or it might happen for the whole week or it might not happen it might happen once in a month so like when yeah. i'm in when i'm in that zone i've just got to like go hard and i'll usually go like i'll start in the morning and i'll just go till like 3 a.m or something and just hammer it the whole day um but like in terms of like maybe how song c comes comes from wherever it comes from it's usually like i'm writing in logic like, I'm sort of just piecing things together in Logic, which has uh, has its benefits. Um, so it's usually the thing where I'll, like, I'll get a verse section down, I'll get, a, I'll get a, you know, drum groove, bass groove, and then maybe a top a vocal top line, or maybe I'll just kind of stack things on. And I usually like to just, like, add every possible thing I can think of or will fit, and then just mute stuff. And then just kind of add them in, ah, you know, like interesting. methodically throughout the song. Um, yeah. So I'll try and get like the heaviest, grooviest part of the song down, and then just strip it back, or you know, cool. slightly, slightly alter parts until it's like you know, it's building to the to the to the groove. If it's if it's gonna yeah. you know go that way, um, but yeah, like I'll sort of do that in Logic, and I'll piece things together in Logic, and it's usually like cool verse, chorus. How do I stitch these? together you know like <laughs> is it a right, drum fill right. or is it a big you know moving chordal thing up to the chorus or whatever it is um uh yeah so it's kind of like that and like it's definitely it's definitely fun and it's definitely easy to do it that way as opposed to like you know getting a whole chord structure down for a whole song and memorizing it and then just playing it live or whatever um right right yeah it's kind of it's 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 a little it's easy sometimes to do that but the but the downfalls of that are like i'll write myself out of parts like i'll write myself you know like stitch up for example which i think you, you like you you know that one it's like the guitar yep. i cannot play and sing i cannot play the guitar and sing the part at the same time because it's like i'm not thinking about vocals when i'm doing guitar i'm just like how do i make this guitar like the slappiest thing it needs to be <laughs> and right. then you know so i mean look i'm sure with a, a little bit of practice i can get there but it's like another another but when you're layering parts you don't need to right it's like you can really focus on one thing at a time exactly and that that is like i i love being in the studio i've always loved like creating you know editing and creating things just seeing them come together in a logic session or seeing in, in a door session and just like hearing the thing once it's done it's like that is so satisfying to me um yep. and so i really love being a studio musician a studio producer i think my chops have suffered quite a lot like i i rarely pick up the guitar more than just for you know for more than just to record a part which is kind of weird because i used to do like i used to do this pub gig um at a, a pub just sort of like 10 15 minutes from here and i used to play like three 45 minute sets in a night and just like just acoustic and vocal and oh wow yeah yeah, yeah. solo uh, solo sometimes with uh, a cajon player. Um, nice. 
but it was like, you know, it was pubs, pub songs, like Jesse's Girl and all that kind of stuff. People in Aussie pubs get rowdy and they, they, yeah, they, they request Jesse's Girl yeah. like four times a night. I'm like, yeah, all right. Nice. <laughs> Fills up some of your sets. All right. Yeah. Man. I used to mess with it and just like try, just replace minor chords with major chords and see if anyone noticed, <laughs> but they never did. Um, <laughs> but um, That's good. That's like on the job reharming. You know? Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah. Oh, that's the cool. reharms were always awful. They were never good. They, were. <laughs> <laughs> they never worked. <laughs> um, sure, sure. Hey, yeah. But um, yeah. So my 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 playing chops have suffered heaps, and I've actually, funnily enough, lost the ability to sing and play well. Like I'll kind of if I'm going and the vocal is like, I'll be like, you ain't get no, and it's just you know like I can't I can't left brain right brain anymore, which is like confronting. It's a little confronting. So yeah, when it comes to things like thinking about touring and all that stuff, I'm like, oh, I've got to like, I got to practice for a good couple of months. Shed baby. Yeah, I got to shed hard. Shed. Which is yeah, scary. I never play like when I play guitar. It's never hard enough that it's that I can't sing and play at the same time. Although like I did learn a couple like I just recently learned a John Mayer song and it was like a little more little more stuff going on on the guitar. Yeah, and I was practicing singing and playing at the same time. It's, it's been fun. It's nice. It's electric. Skill. Did you play electric guitar? I play acoustic guitar. I I have played electric, but I really haven't played it a lot. Like. Acoustic guitar has always kind of been. I grew up in the '90s, man. Acoustic rock, <laughs> yeah, was yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> was the thing, yeah, you know, yeah. And I was, I was in like a acoustic rock band in high school, and I sang and played guitar, and I played bring up my flugelhorn. I'd play flugelhorn sometimes, and we all took turns playing bass because nobody wanted to play bass, so I'd play <laughs> bass sometimes. You know, it's how like, the times have changed. Bass, like bass, is the hottest thing. Yeah, man, I love bass. I, I love play, bass I play too. bass all the time yeah. now, man. You know, I really enjoy it. Yeah. I keep seeing uh I just saw just saw a video of uh, Fearless Flyers with two bases. Two ba- I haven't I seen like, that oh. video. Do yeah, I yeah. should I say it? Yeah, I mean it's funky, whatever, you know. Yeah, okay. Up to you. Up to you. <laughs> Um, that stuff, you know, it's like it's great. That stuff's great. It's not it's not the stuff that I sit around and listen to to yeah, be yeah, yeah. to be totally honest. Like that's you know, a lot, I know a lot of people love like the Wolf thing and the Fearless Flyers thing. It's like it's it's cool, but it's not it's not what I sit around and listen to. Yeah, uh, all yeah. The time. I really like those guys. I have a lot of respect for all those musicians. I think. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah, I think the Fearless Flyers thing is it's it's like it's insanely like it's niche. It's niche. I don't think it's my niche, but like I don't know. Yeah. Nate Smith. Nate Smith is just. In if like even if I don't watch it for like or don't listen to it for the music, just to like watch and listen to Nate Smith play, it's like what the hell? <sighs> Nate Smith definitely makes it all worth it. I mean, it's 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 all great. It's obviously everything they do is great. Yeah, you know? yeah. So there's nothing. It's great. It's great. There's nothing <laughs> wrong with it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, and I did like I did actually. Um, yeah, this isn't this isn't that that group of musicians, but I I spent a whole bunch of time listening to the to the Dirty Loops Corey Wong album i really enjoyed that and that was that was the first time um i listened to an album all the way through and i in a while and i thought man this is not long enough i need more yeah right give me more you know i think, I think I it's only, just like six tracks or something i think i only heard thriller i think that's the only one i heard yeah which is yeah which well is, that's pretty pretty banging <laughs> yeah it was wild in that was it like a six eight or twelve eight groove yeah yeah that was that was that was weird that was it was weird i thought it was weird for like I don't know. I I think I've only heard it twice. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. 
but it's yeah. it's wild. I can say that. I mean, I I really dug it. I'm also a pretty big fan of Dirty Loops, and so that that sound and the way that they reharm things, and they're like overproduced, whatever. Yeah, sound. yeah, yeah. I like, loved I loved Dirty I, Loops. I used to run to that. You know, I was like, hit me, hit me, <laughs> you know, I was like, I was like, yeah, I'm running. <laughs> Uh, I love good, how they did um they did baby it's like baby 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 <laughs> yeah and the oh, fucking yeah. the fucking yeah, bass solo in that is wild yes it is yeah, yes it is it's fantastic um yeah cool yeah well yeah. man we did it we did it we did it how how long was this was this, this it's like good, an hour almost it's a good chat it's a good good we podcast did good. yeah it took it took us a little time to get started but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank, thanks for hanging with me. I appreciate it. It's 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 crazy to me that you're that it's like tomorrow for you. Yeah, you know? it's, dude, like that's, it's the future. It's Thursday, and uh, it's things the future things in the future are looking you are bleak. <laughs> looking bleak. Oh no, no. no, that's fine. It's a. Uh, oh, it's I like, need hope. Come on. It's like what's? Oh, uh, you're in Fahrenheit. I don't know. I want to say it's like twenty. No, it's it's about twenty four degrees Celsius. So I don't know what the conversion that, okay, that is. Okay, so what is that? Is it? Is, oh, I don't even oh, like me, know this, medium but. warm. Medium warm. So here, it's balmy. It's, it's balmy? a balmy. Ba- <laughs> no, no, it's a balmy twenty-five degrees <laughs> Fahrenheit, uh, which is quite cold. Uh, it's not that cold. I mean, like Minneapolis will be, you know, negative sixty wind chill. It's like insane, negative forty wind chill. Uh, and when I was actually when I was out in Grand Forks, I was like. Dude, it, I, it was negative one here where I live and we live, you know, we live up in the UP and there's like lots of hills and there's a canal and the Lake Superior surrounds us. So it's like lake effect snow. We get tons and tons and tons of snow. Usually the, the temperatures are mild, but negative one here. I mean, like negative one in Grand Forks, I thought I was going to die. Like negative one here feels so much different. It doesn't doesn't feel quite as cold. And I don't know what like the wind probably. Yeah, it's very okay. flat in the Dakotas. You know, it's very flat. Yeah, yeah, and right. So it's just like wind, wind, wind. You get crushed. I was walking from my car to the high school where I was doing a guest artist <laughs> thing, and man, it was like I th- I was like I got my hands in my pockets. I'm, yeah, it sounds like it's just frostbite. death. That sounds like death. I'm gonna look up. I'm gonna look up very quickly what um, uh, Fahrenheit to Celsius. <laughs> what one degree is because i don't Dude, how sad that neither of us know this <laughs> yeah <laughs> do you say so negative should... one fahrenheit negative one fahrenheit so right oh now it's 25 <laughs> oh my god you know the, yeah. the coldest it gets here is about uh 30 fahrenheit okay yeah so not right. not cold compared to your standards not, so like yeah, yeah, thinking yeah, about cold, yeah. negative 18 degrees celsius i'm like how i i my brain, my brain can't. I can't, I can't do it. Yeah. Oh man, we'll we'll get to negative eighteen. You know, real temp negative ten, negative fifteen in Min- in Minneapolis sometimes. <laughs> Certainly in North Dakota. I mean, like we, I never lived in North Dakota, but um, the Dakotas like me for some reason. So they they asked me to come keep having uh, you back, come hang with their students a bunch. You know. Yeah, that's wild. I mean, yeah, um, we need to do a swap see at some point. You need to come here and then. Well, I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be there at some point, hopefully this year. Um, yeah, but you definitely need to come I mean, here. We'd love to come. We'd love to come for sure, dude. Awesome. It's um, yeah, it's a, it's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous country. <laughs> I sound like a spokesperson for Australian tourism. No, it is. A, it's a gorgeous country. Yeah. Um, it's a gorgeous country. <laughs> yeah, it's a gorgeous country in Australia. Come down and have a good time. <laughs> I thought you were going to say have a Foster's. Like, <laughs> no one drinks. That's not Australian for beer. Nobody here drinks Foster's. <laughs> yeah. Is that a thing? Do you have Foster's there? Uh, yeah. I mean, they, you know, they say there's this commercial that's really famous here in the States. It's like, 
Foster's, Australian for beer. You know, that's not true. That's what they say. Yeah. That's their tagline. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, it's but they told us that, Jaron. It has to be true. Look, you can come here and drink a Foster's. You may, you may, someone tr- may try to fight you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to drink an authentic Australian beer, man. <laughs> Let me have this Foster's. Oh, God. Foster's is like uh, cold urine. Ooh. Yeah, frothy. Yeah, we have some beers like that here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, there's a beer I do like that's I think is American. Bud Budweiser. Budweiser. The, the the tagline here is like I don't know if it's the same in the states, but the tagline on the bottles is "King of Beers." Is that the thing there? Wow. Yeah. Wow. King of beers. I don't think it's the king of beers. No, I don't uh, think officially. Like it's not. It's not. A, it's not here. dubbed. <laughs> Is that? A t- I, I don't know. Is it? Does this? Does, is there a crowd? I don't even remember. I don't remember. I don't drink Budweiser really, but Budweiser was like famous. <coughs> excuse me. In the nineties, they had this commercial um, <coughs> that was like, "Waza." I remember that. I, I've seen that. Right? They do that, yeah, and then yeah, the yeah. guy would go, "Waza," <laughs> and then he go, "Waza," and they'd be like, uh, "Or no, 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 that wasn't it. It was it, that was one. Yeah, but, but there was another like, one that was. They'd be like, they'd be like, I love like, just you, drinking man. They'd be like, I love you, man." Yeah. yeah, that was it. It was I love you, man. And then we go, um, okay, like, or he go, I love you too. And he'd be like, no, I love you, man. And he goes, you're still not getting my Bud Light. Bud Light <laughs> okay, you're still not getting my Bud Light. I just remember, I was like, remember that when I was, it was like when I was a kid. Yeah, I remember the the WhatsApp one because the tagline was just ch- uh, was it sitting on the couch drinking a Bud. <laughs> was that it? Probably. I yeah, think I, I think that was I it. I don't remember. Yeah, 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 that sounds right. What beer do you we'll drink? Cycle through all of our beer commercials. What, what beer do I drink? Yeah, what's your beer of choice? Uh, I mean, like, if I'm being totally honest, I don't like beer a whole lot. Okay. Um, what's your I've drink of choice? I've never really liked beer, but, like, you know, I I, I do like whiskey, and I, I like to drink, um, the, you know, it's not really whiskey sour, but if you make whiskey, if you do, like, whiskey, lemon juice, and, and simple syrup, um, that's that was a thumbs up. My I'm yeah, got cut off. That was a thumbs up. Uh, yeah, that's 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 probably my uh my favorite drink right now. I do occasionally. I like. There's a uh, a brewery called Bell's in, here in Michigan actually, but I've been drinking it before I moved to Michigan. Uh, and they have a beer called Oberon that I like. I like drinkable beers. My dad, you know, it's like my dad drank Miller Lite. That was his, that was like the only thing he ever drank. Yeah, and so like. And he never drank more than one, really. It was like he'd come <laughs> home and he'd drink one and he'd fall asleep on the couch watching the Steelers or something. Like yeah, yeah, okay. Old, old old VHS tapes of the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is a football team, which is an American football team I got, yeah, here I got in the, the United States. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it was a band or something. It's watching reruns of live gigs. <laughs> watching reruns of live shows. Uh, speaking of VR and the metaverse reruns of speaking of live shows reruns yeah <laughs> i wonder man i wonder how i finally put on one of those uh oculus they're called yeah, oculus. oculus yeah another one for the first time because the band director where i was doing a, a guest thing in, in south dakota uh last week he had one and he goes you gotta try it man and i was like all right i'm, I'm gonna try it and you know it's it's crazy I, I like rode on a roller coaster with dinosaurs and shit and and like i played some golf and like i was holding this like, if i can see the golf club i was like this is crazy and i was swinging it i mean it was like it was amazing and i thought 
man, when this gets better, when it's like you don't have to wear a huge gigantic thing on your face. Yeah. You know, I don't know what that is, man. If if that's like Elon Musk's yeah, Neuralink like, and you have a chip in your brain yeah. or if it's like little glasses or something. But <laughs> the glasses insane. just get smaller. <laughs> yeah, well, phones did. You know? Yeah, it's but like then phones got way bigger. Become, <laughs> like, maybe the, it's insane. Maybe the trend with VR is that they're just going to do what phones did. They'll get really small like... um like uh, Trinity from the Matrix glasses, but then they'll get real big, like like 90s or like 2000s Karen glasses. Maybe it'll just be a trend. But um, sure. I yeah, I've tried one of the, I think I've tried it once, but it was on this gnarly, super gnarly, like, you know, you put the glasses on, get the whole thing, and you would sit in a thing that moves. So like I was on a yeah, roller so coaster. you actually feel it. It was like terrifying. I was like, holy shit, this is fucking real. <laughs> you know, it was like, it was really, it was really wild. But uh the other thing is, have so you- I felt like I had a little bit of motion sickness, and I don't ever have motion sickness. But when I d- when I did the roller coaster, and I think it was because I didn't have the yeah, accompanying like, moving. chair moving me. Yeah. So you feel like it's very weird feeling. Yeah. Well, I think that's uh, essentially like is is motion sickness if you can see you're moving, but you can't feel you're moving. <laughs> Oh, is that what it is? I think that's a, the reason that, why people get motion. Like on boats, you can like see that the thing's moving, but if you're on a really big boat, it doesn't feel like it's really moving. Ah, yeah, interesting. So yeah, I I think I, I I usually don't get it, but I could probably imagine if I was in that situation where I was seeing all of this crazy stuff happen, and I was you know doing all this, it would be a very weird disconnect to not be moving <laughs> kind yeah, of freaks there was me out a, a little. little like spiral thing with a red dot in the middle and it said stare at this if you start to feel motion sickness ah, and so okay. i basically just stared at that thing the whole time i've never <laughs> experienced motion sickness in my life actually like i've been on like i grew up going to six flags great america and riding on fuck batman you know <laughs> roller coaster like yeah going 60 70 miles an hour so I was like, oh, I'll be fine. Let's do a dinosaur roller coaster. And then I was like, oh my. And, and the people who own the Oculus, he was like, he was like, be, you know, you might, you might feel sick. Everybody, everybody that I've done this with has felt sick. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. Dude, so that's the problem they got to solve. Yeah. Well, I guess we just get big machines that, or just get, like, just get Jana to like, next time you get it, just get her to like push you in a little, <laughs> in a little just, office chair. Just shake me around. Just tilt you around. <laughs> She's so good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Dude, there was another thing. There was another thing I saw, um, and I, you know, I wish I had the link to send you right now or something, to, so we could both look at it. But it's like something that you wear somewhere. I'm I'm being so bad and so vague with the details, but you can listen to music inside your head. Whoa! Have you ever seen about this? Uh, I I have heard of a technology where they pass your hearing from one ear to the other if you're deaf in one ear, and they use they use the bone behind your ear, uh, and they they like stick something to the bone behind your ear, and it's like it because of the vibrations, your 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 ear can make out the sound. Whoa! Um, uh, so it's not actually your eardrum; it's yeah. like uh something else. I don't maybe it is your eardrum. I don't know. Just a vibrating thing, I guess. It's the it's the vibration, and so you you can hear. Apparently, it's like really groundbreaking, and it's relatively new. Yeah, right. That's that's insane. I think this. I I'm not sure if this thing I'm talking about was some kind of implant, but basically the thing is you can have 360 degree immersive sound, but no one. So so it's like it's essentially like it's playing out loud, but no one else can hear it. Only you can hear it. Holy. So shnikes. no no headphones, no nothing. Just 
I, I, I guess it's, yeah, <laughs> in your own head, which is insane. I'll, have to, I'll send you the link once we, you know, if you want to put it in the thing, you can, people can read it. But yeah, I'll, I'll send you the thing. It's, it's not. Yeah, actually, that's a great idea. I'm going to put that on my list of stuff to talk about. Uh, music implant thing. Yeah, music <laughs> in head. Question mark? Music in head? <laughs> not in the crazy way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's so interesting. And I do think a lot about like now because cryptocurrency is becoming such a big thing and nfts and everything and you know experiential uh things like vr you know like a, going to a concert may, may, when when is that going to be like it's a live concert you can attend unlimited numbers of people can attend and when you stand there and this is what's cool about the oculus it's like when you stand there and somebody else has an oculus and you're in the same room you can literally like you're standing next to them yeah it looks like you're standing next to them you, their avatars are right there yeah so like the technology is going to be like I'm in a concert with a whole bunch of other people that are also in this concert and it looks like I'm here and it sounds like I'm here and I can see people. Yeah. Well, if they So can- then the crypto thing is like you could pay for tickets maybe, maybe you're tipping the band while they're playing, maybe you're buying merch during the show and you're using ETH or you're using whatever doge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like if they can if they can get this you know like i assume it'll be a headphone style scenario but if you can get it to feel i mean you know these guys got to link up with these in the ear in the head <laughs> music things but if they can get it yep. to a, a way where you know production wise where you it sounds like you're at a live gig like you are in a uh, auditorium or a stadium or whatever then that's that's the ticket. Like I think that would be the best way to actually be fully immersed in the thing. Because it's if it's like, yep. you know, if it's like you're in a room with a VR, awesome. But if you're hearing like, you know, if you're hearing a Spotify track, it's kind of it's kind of weird. But you know, if they can get it to totally, they can get it to but, feel like know, it's then, a gig. Then you're talking like Prince, you know, a pr- some kind of Prince show or, or like Michael Jackson. Yeah, or so, it's like you. Then you're attending like a, some maybe something that already happened. Too, yeah, as an option. I mean, it's like an interesting. I, I feel like it's going to happen. It's only a matter of time. Uh, and the technology, like you said, they got to link up with the people that can, where they can hear the audio. It's like, that's going to happen. Yeah. If, if the, if the technology exists, like they're going to figure that shit out and, and they're going to, you know, they're, they're going to create something where people can have those experiences. I don't think we're that far away from that. You know? No, I think Maybe all the pieces are, I think all the pieces are already there. It's just like, you know, you need the corporate interest to, to, to make the move. Yeah. Now there's tons of, I mean, there's tons of VC dollars going into that. Uh, and we're, you know, gig boss is a little bit in that startup world where we're pitching venture capitalists. And, and so like, I'm, I'm, I've got my finger on the pulse of that a little bit. And it's like, there's so much money going into blockchain companies, yeah, uh, tech companies, crypto companies, you know, it's pretty wild. Yeah. 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 It's all, I, I'm not super in, uh, the, I mean, I have a little bit of crypto invested, but I'm not, um, I don't know, I actually like shamefully should know more about it. The label I'm a part of, Antihero Records, is um, an NFT-based label, a crypto-based label. So yeah. um, my man, Tori, who's based in, uh, he's based in Rancho Cucamonga, which is like, as far as I know, it's just outside of LA. Have you, do you know this place? No. Okay. It's a wild name. I like the, I like the name, but. Um, it is a great name. Yeah. He's, um, <laughs> he's, he's sort of, you know, he set this label up and he's, um. He's 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 also got his finger on the pulse and he's he's right into it. But um, yeah, it's all um, it's all pretty wild. It, it seems wild to me because it's just because I don't know enough about it. You know, that's like um, that's the whole well, thing. Yeah, and I, you know, there's going to be a period of time where people learn more about it and and where people see more than just there's there's fraud happening in the space right now. And I think there's a lot of people that are like 
it takes too much energy and I, like those are all legit concerns uh, that need to be solved by somebody. And I, I, I think there are there are genuine people really trying to make things better. And uh, and those are the people that are continuing to program and continuing to work, continuing to build companies while all this other stuff is happening in the periphery. Yes. Uh, and so I, I think in the long run, those are the companies uh, that are going to win. I was going to say, man, I got an email from the the record label owner, uh, Ropadope, where, where I've been releasing a couple of records with my big band and um, Lewis was like, you know, the whole NFT thing is completely changing the landscape of music and we need to be with it. We need to be with it. Mm. We need to figure this out. And so we're making, uh, you know, we're making a tent. We're, we're going to make, uh, purposeful strides towards becoming a part of that scene or, or finding a way to, uh, use NFTs to, to make our artists money, which I think is such a cool thing. I, I do. I mean, people that are going to listen to this podcast are going to hear me talk about this on a lot of episodes, and I know some people are going to be rolling their eyes, but I think there's so much potential uh, to solve the fan to artist relationship problem that Spotify um, that Spotify kind of poses. You know, for, for whatever. I mean, I'm also reading. Uh, here, I'm going to show you. I'm also reading this, which is oh my goodness, you can't see it. Hey, you <laughs> can see it? his face. Oh, he, it says "Work Hard, Playlist Hard." Okay, which is a book about playlists and stuff. Try you know getting your music on playlists on Spotify. So, you know, I am fascinated in like how to capitalize on that as well. I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna write I, that but down. But I do feel like I'm gonna write that. What's yeah. that? Work hard, play, playlist hard. Yeah, work hard, playlist hard. It's by Mike Warner. W a r n e r Warner. Okay. Card. Yeah, I'll put this in the show notes too. I'm I'm planning on um. I, there's another episode where I talk to a guy who 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 introduced me to this book, and uh, and I went and bought it as soon as I talked to him. This is why this podcast is gonna be so cool, man, because I'm also learning all this shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. oh, what sh- what should I be checking out? Yeah. So I just read uh this one because I've been traveling a lot. I got time to read again finally. Yeah, yeah. This is tracks that sink oop tracks that sink oh they're gonna burn out <laughs> whatever okay it's called yeah, yeah, tracks yeah. that sink it's by graham barton is that I'm, talking uh, like is it talking in a, in a stylistic sense yeah yeah in a stylistic sense and okay. like a in like a uh how to get started sense uh, you know listen to ads and make some notes about what they do see if you can copy certain things exactly as an exercise you know uh a bunch of like do's and don'ts. I mean, I've, I've been taking notes. I've been reading and taking notes. It's really a fantastic, um, you know, <laughs> tracks that sync sound authentic as fuck. That's the title of <laughs> one of the chapters. I bet, I bet the first creative, relevant, high value has to sound real, you know, um, from production to whatever. Yeah. This it's really interesting. And there's a lot of parallels to, to traditional composing and like writing music for big band and like, Am I thinking about who my audience is? Am I not? Am I able to maintain some level of artistic integrity while I also try to serve a population? Like you know, yeah, yeah, it's a really interesting uh, conundrum. I think definitely, definitely a different landscape. Um, I bet the I bet the first rule of that book is don't put a natural eleven on a major seven, right? Oh yeah, I always got to sharp that eleven, baby. Come yeah, on, yeah. Oh, give me that Lydian sound. <laughs> hey, on um, on ah, oh, it's something from music, uh, from the Water Walkway. You, you go. Is that a? Is yep. that like a? Is that a four on that major seven? 
Okay, so. Yeah, but the. Yeah, there's a four there. So, so yes, I was gonna actually say this. You can use the four on a major seven. It just has. To, I mean, in my mind, has and to it, can, it can be very soulful. It has to go down to the three. It has to have a, yeah. some relationship to the three. So. You know, I tell my students a lot, like, you can do that. That's a thing that, like, old jazz musicians, they would do those old four, three, four, three, four, three, you know. Yeah, I like, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, four, five, three. But you, blah, blah. you did it pretty brashly there. You, you kind of went. Da, da, ba, ba, da, da. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's that's. We need to talk about that. <laughs> well, I think also part of the idea was that I was playing with intervals of a fifth, so I was trying to make these wider intervals and melodies. Right, and yeah. you know, because so much, so much of my writing in the past has been linear, and so I've been thinking about. Uh, how a lot of melodies that I enjoy have wider leaps and like could I find a way to incorporate that into my music a little bit more and so mm. th- that was like a that was an intentional like I'm trying to use a certain interval which is probably why it landed on the four if it landed on the four I'm gonna have to check that I reckon it does because it's it's a little it's a little it I rubs. like that you're calling me out on that <laughs> <laughs> yeah it oh rubs. is that what you think Meckler you think you should start the 11 well what about this song what about you this released? really good song that I like <laughs> I think that I um, think is good, but you did it. But yeah, you did it. No, I, I. That's a that's an interesting thing, and I've funnily enough been thinking about that because I've always been like this guy of like you know like good, trying to do effective voice leading. Um, so I'll, I'll always stray away melodically from trying to do big leaps, and yep. there's there's a, I think there's a Theo Katzman song that's like. Um, Cause it's making me sick Cause I'm falling in love So it's just straight up the major scale And I think I try to do that in a couple of my songs And I always think about like You know, does it just need to cruise Cruise up as little gaps as possible But I think that's definitely an avenue That I've never explored of like Making making big leaps And trying to to make Large, you know, intervallic Melodies that sound really nice Yep yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. I I've, I usually think linearly as well. I think you know, mm. scalarly. I, but I don't know, man. Like you know, a lot of great melodies have have big leaps. Oh know, yeah, yeah. Somewhere somewhere over the rainbow, and you know, like some <laughs> iconic. Yeah, yeah. Melodies with huge leaps in them. Yeah. Uh, there's also like the Simpsons melody, and you know, it's like the opening with tritones and opening with other bigger intervals it's you know those are iconic for better you know for depends on sort of uh how you view iconic i guess i mean it's not like a pop song but yeah you know, those are like iconic theme songs it's it's like a it's a i mean in that case in the simpsons it's like a, it's a, st- a statement yeah yeah but maria it, right there's that too yeah 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 I just met a girl named maria yeah yeah da, 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 da. I think um yeah so that's that's definitely something I I'm gonna I think for the next album I'm just gonna try not writing any notes that are like a second apart. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. Always bigger be than a fun second. exercise. Yeah. I was just practicing out of this Bobby Shoe book. It has all these really badass chordal licks. Some 
practicing a lot of fourths and stuff too. I was like fourths and like Lydian content. That stuff it was like Woody Shaw land. Yeah, yeah. That's great trumpet player. You know, big fan of Woody Shaw. I've been trying to get more of that sound. I didn't, I couldn't appreciate Woody Shaw until sort of like more recently. Um, I don't think I've heard his- any Woody Shaw or maybe I have, but I don't know I have. Well, I mean, whatever, man. If you're not a trumpet <laughs> player, there's a lot of great language in, in, in his playing. I mean, that's that's really, he's really deep harmonically. Um, and I think he was, you know, I, I, some jazz musicians maybe like Meckler speaking out of turn, but I think <laughs> you know he was really the first horn player to do that to to really take that language and uh, expand on. I think probably Herbie was doing it first on keyboard, maybe. Mm. Um, but like in terms of horn players, Woody Shaw was one of the people that really brought that sound to the to the forefront. Yeah, okay. Quartal, quartal stuff. Oh, of course, in terms of actual quartal harmony, I mean, like McCoy Tyner played with Coltrane. Yeah, yeah. All that stuff, you know, that he was playing on, on a Love Supreme and that that stuff. That's all. He's he's voicing chords and fourths. But as a horn player, it's different, you know, to play, to play a linear instrument and to be jumping around like that, especially yeah. a linear instrument where you know. If you don't hear the note before you play it, you're you're, you're throwing just, darts. Yeah, at the you're board. just you're guessing. Just like, yeah. I hope I I hope I'm getting this note right. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, guitar is arguably the in- easiest instrument to do that on. You just move your hand like just down a string. It's like, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and you know, I think about that too with like playing in and out or transposing licks to different keys. It's like guitar. It's like. Are you talking about going going down the neck? Well, yeah, like down or up, you can yeah. you can you can shape you can shape a line and just move your finger up a fret, and you and you can now play that same line up up a half step. I mean, it's like on trumpet, you got to learn a whole new yeah. set of fingerings and yeah, yeah. I think uh, I I I believe guitar is one of the worst and best instruments. Like I would never recommend anyone learn it, but I I get a lot of joy out of playing pentatonic licks, and then if I need to go out of the box, I just play pentatonic <laughs> up a up a semitone. <laughs> You know, I like playing pentatonic. Yeah, that makes sense if you're a guitar player. Pentatonic, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. It's the jam. I mean, I, I practice pentatonics all the time on the trumpet too. I'm, I'm all about it. With my guitar playing is is pretty rudimentary. I mean, it's like play chords. I can, but I can play enough chords I can write songs. You yeah, know, that's all you need. Not have it sound so, totally. Yeah, you, you've already got a, a good language on an instrument that is um not dumb. <laughs> <laughs> no, guitar's a great instrument. I don't know it's about just, that. Yeah, no, it's guitar's a great instrument. It's just like, you know, I've always been envious of jazz players because I'm like, I have, I think I'm jazz minded. I'm not a jazz player though, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm definitely yeah. jazz minded, but I cannot, like, you stick changes in front of me and I'm like, ah, okay. Um, <laughs> I got to work stuff out, you know? I got to sit down and be like, all right, cool, I'll do this lick three. Yeah, cool. Okay, it's not, it's definitely not like, it's not fluent. I'm not a fluent jazz sure. player at all but i'm so i'm always, an old joke that uh if you want to get a guitar player to turn down you put sheet music in front of <laughs> yeah them. yeah yeah old, and it's an true it's true um but yeah I, yeah so i'm so envious and it's, i'm always like yeah yeah cool when i finish this album or when i finish this thing i'm gonna sit down and i'm gonna just shed for like six months and learn to be a killer jazz guitarist but i think you're better off being like oh i appreciate this one jazz guitar thing that i heard and then taking that and doing your own thing, man. Like I, you're way better off doing like f- getting the peripheral inspiration yeah. and then turning it into your own thing. Uh, 
you're way better off. Yeah, you know, I than really act, like than um, actually going way deep in it. And, yeah, because it's, like, <laughs> it's like don't ruin your music, man. You're making some great music right now. It's got to be a lifestyle choice. It's like it's, it's I have to change my lifestyle. <laughs> Oh yeah! Like in order to, oh yeah! You got to dedicate your whole being to that. Yeah, and, and I, I still feel like I'm a noob. I mean, it's like I'm 37 and I've been studying it infectiously since I was in middle school. You know, yeah. I started really listening to Louis Armstrong and Ella Fitzgerald in middle school, and, and Wynton Marsalis and 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 Miles Davis. Yeah, and so like I got deep, deep. You know, middle school, high school, and then college was like eight hours a day, and all I was listening to was jazz, and I wasn't listening to anything else, and it's like that that got me to where I where I was after college I suppose. I mean it, it still feels like I'm learning every day. I'm, I'll I'll be playing with somebody and I'll be like, "Yo, what did you play over that day?" you know. <laughs> yeah. It's well, like, like always. Yeah, well I guess if you feel like you've stopped learning then then stop playing. Yeah. There's that element that that it's really a beautiful thing to to always be in a space of learning, you know? And I, I feel like, I told you, I've been showing you the books I've been reading. Yeah. I really feel like I'm, I'm leveling up right now too. Like I'm really, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to learn more about my industry, how I can function better. Maybe I can start to make more passive income in those, in those spaces potentially in the future as I get better at my work on Pro Tools and Logic and stuff. We were talking about that a little bit before we were yes. recording. Um, but just learning that, I guess we talked about it in the podcast. You yeah, know, starting to yeah. learn that six years ago. It's like I'd really like to to explore that space a little bit. Um and uh and it, it's you know, it's, there's always something in music to to learn. Yeah, well if it's not, you know, consistently learning the instrument, it's like and I I'm guilty myself of not really knowing and like I, I've sort of been trying over the last year to sort of get into a more industry minded mindset. Um I think there will be a time for me to do that a little bit more once, you know, I get through production and blah, 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 and the song, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I, I feel a little bit like shit. I'm out of my depth when it comes to like, cause I, you know, <laughs> uh, spoiler alert. I'm, you know, I messaged you before the thing was like, don't ask me about licensing. I don't know about it. So <laughs> I was yeah. kind of like, oh man, like I was kind of annoyed that like to have to be like, can you not ask me about that? Cause I don't know. <laughs> um, and it, like, even, you know, like even, even though I spent like almost four years doing that or almost three years doing that, it's like, yeah, I've it's, definitely that's, got- that is interesting to me that you were in that space and don't really know much about it it's like you you made the tracks and you passed them off and yeah. you did have i mean in my mind you know a lot about it because that's really all it is and then ultimately it's like once you have the ability to make tracks that that smash or that have a big boom in them mm. or whatever then you can upload those tracks to databases and you can start to get licensing deals i mean it's like that's really all it is yeah well i guess if that's what it is then i'm an expert no 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 but like i, I definitely <laughs> then I am an then I, no i definitely know about making the tracks boom and that's that's i mean that is in itself is kind of a weird difficult thing especially if you know you have the parameters aforementioned by the the client or the company or whatever it is um yeah but in in the sense of like the company itself it was a little gatekeepy like i would never i would never talk to the client sure it was always the middleman of the company and like to be honest i was fine with that um well, they don't want you going 
right? Going they rogue. probably don't they want don't you going, going to rogue. the client because yeah. yeah, they don't want you going rogue. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's fair enough. But you know, funnily enough, that the guy who owns that company, Audio Force, very tyrannical dude. Like you know, probably had some issues growing up with related to his dad, daddy issues. It's fine. Everyone has them, or some people have them. Wow. But he was wild, man. Like th- I, I just heard because I, I quit there, um, started this year, and I started last year. Sorry, and he. I got word from uh, the friend who, who works in Thailand who was working there, and he said that this guy had just hired a new intern. His name's Thomas. So Thomas had just hired a new intern, and the intern didn't really know about much about the company or how to run things or how to do things or anything. They're an intern. So um, Thomas threatened that if she made another mistake, he would close the company. This is like, you, you have not ever worked for someone this wild. He, when I was over in, w- there working in Berlin, um, he once took the bins away from us because someone had put a coffee in there. And I had to be like, dude, it's, just give us the bins back. That's why there's rubbish everywhere. It's fine. We'll just won't put foot, you know, hot, full drinks in there. It's fine. We understand. Absolutely chaotic dude. And like, you know, he's, wow. he's got a soft side and he, he, we kind of de- developed this very playful relationship, but it was chaos working for this dude, man. Like That's incredible. It so- he sounds, ger- it's, he's German. It's a German Very company, German. Like he sounds German. The, the very, very rude, stereotypical version of a German person. He was the fucking embodiment of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, My sister lived over there for a while, five years. She lived in Leipzig for five years. Oh, uh, yeah. That seems like a... See, Berlin's not... Ger- like, people over there will tell you, Berlin is not Germany. It's just like this weird cluster of multiculturalism and, and just partying and, and just everything that Germany isn't known for. That's yeah. Berlin. And Eastern Germany in general is a lot different than Western Germany. Very. Right? I mean, like very. Ber- Berlin is Eastern. So is Leipzig. Leipzig is Eastern. Is Leipzig Germany kind too. of the same? Like, is it like, is it yeah. like that? Well, <clears throat> I think it's pretty small and it's famous for like being the place that Bach, Bach famously uh, hitchhiked there to study with Buxtehude, the, the, the organ player, you okay. know, and then Bach became like, Bach became like the organist, I think at a, at a, at a church there in Leipzig and played on those organs. Um, and I love this story about Bach because the, the, the congregation wrote a letter to the diocese or whatever, and they were like, we can't follow this guy. <laughs> we cannot sing along. Because Bach's just fucking rearming everything just like shredding. crazy, yeah. improvising, <laughs> shredding. <laughs> like, I love that story. <laughs> we can't follow this guy. He's brilliant. It's great. But like, geez, Where, we can't sing along. Where's the one? <laughs> where's one? <laughs> I, I love that. I think yeah. that's such a great, uh, that's fucking great. Everybody, you know, everybody talks about how Bach would have been a great jazz player. He's like, you know, yeah, had some of that language. Figure bass is really, you know, figure bass is a lot like chord changes. It's really a, it's interesting how these things kind of have developed over the over the centuries. You know, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, just on that, that you know, where's the one topic? Have you ever had like Frank Zappa? He, I think what sometime, or sometime in his career, someone asked him, a musician he'd hired, said, where's the one? And he said, do you want window seat or aisle? <laughs> Frank Zappa. It's like, you're going home. Which one do you want? <laughs> window seat or aisle? Yeah. Where's the one? Uh, well, uh, you're fired. Yeah, you're, that's basically it. You're fired. <laughs> it's like, geez, man. I, I, uh, I haven't spent a whole lot of time listening to Frank Zappa, but my trumpet teacher in my master's program was like really into Frank Zappa. And then later on in life, somebody was like, you have to hear this album. I don't remember which one it was, a live album, I think. Mm. 
and it's fucking bonkers. It's yeah, bonkers. It's it, and it's, it's wild. great. It's great. I mean, I I really enjoyed it. Uh, it it reminds me of you know in weird way in terms of just like the out, outrageousness of it. Um, it, it reminded me of some jazz music. It reminded me of like Mono Neon a little bit. If you've checked out Mono Neon, yeah, 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 his stuff, yeah, absolutely. Um, his 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 records, man. Yeah, it's what I mean. It is it is essentially jazz. I mean, it's like some of the and and even if if just his personality alone, like to to watch him speak in interviews, that's awesome. But then you you listen to his stuff. I think I've I've watched a couple of like like a few songs live that he's got this crazy. Um, I don't know if it's, it might be marimba, maybe a marimba player. Yeah, just yep. absolutely shreds. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? Yeah. Like my understanding is that he would get like college students. They were just out of college, just out of jazz school or whatever, just out of college or something, uh, and then tour with them for a little while. You know, it's like as young young players. Yeah, gotcha. Well, you know, Steve Vai. Steve Vai was he he came up with Zappa. Yeah, yeah. That's that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's a deep that's a deep well of stuff that I haven't checked. I know Zappa's a really deep human too. Mm. I should probably check more of that stuff out. But yeah, me too. To be honest, there's only so much time in the day. Yeah, <laughs> so, so much time in our lives. <laughs> I'm listening to a whole bunch of Carla Blay right now, which has been really fun. Okay, I've never she's heard of this. Man, she's just a big band, big band composer. Wild, wild music. Yeah, you got to send me some stuff. I've got a pretty like. I check out some new stuff here and there, but I've got a very like go-to playlist. You know, my my classic playlist: a lot of Steely Dan, yep. a lot of Yellow Jackets, a lot of uh, a lot of Theo, that kind of stuff. Steely Dan. I had a uh, question on here that was. Uh, look at this. Do you set deadlines for creating for for getting creative music done? Are you going for a certain sound? Like I want this to sound like Steely Dan. <laughs> I have I have that written as a question. Look at that. I mean, imagine if I that would be hard to make things sound like Steely Dan. I still I'm, I've actually thought about that. I'm like how do I how do I capture that sound? It's pretty hard. Um, but yeah, no, uh, deadlines. Um, yeah, definitely. Like I try and set in my head deadlines. Um, <coughs> well, it sounds like you're just crushing like morning to 3 a.m. Yes. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, I'm getting really, I'm getting way worse at that. <laughs> like I was, I was 28 four years ago and I've noticed the difference from 28 to 32. Yep. So, so drastically in terms of like how late I can stay up, how much, you know, just, just general energy based things. I'm like, cool. I got to work harder now. Like you yeah. know, 28, I could, I could stay up all night and write music for, ages like really long amounts of time silly amounts of time now I, if i don't get like seven hours sleep i'm like Ugh. um yeah but yeah no i try to set deadlines um because if i don't i could you know mix i could mix a fucking song for days days and days and it would never be done so i'm um, i'm also sort of dealing with the thing which i'm sure you and uh, most artists deal with is like perfectionism and like letting things go um, yep. and just letting letting a thing be a snapshot of a of whenever that was, whatever that was, yeah. and whenever that was in my life. Um, yeah. So that's, this book. Uh, this book talks about that the perfectionist trap. The, yeah, that sounds like something I should it. read. I should probably. Yeah, I mean, you know, <clears throat> he also says like your track's got to bang. It's got to sound professional. It's yeah. got to be great. But also, 
do not get caught up in the small little details. Get the track done and get it out. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. Do not get stuck in a perfectionist trap. That track could be making you money right now. Exactly. Yeah, and I mean, like sometimes I remember a couple of mixes from early on, like probably Stitch Up or Hour After Drop. I would, uh, I would get Libby and I'm like, hey, can you come listen to this? And there's a couple of times where I'd be like, cool. So does this sound better or does this sound better? And it was like moving the vocal up and down by a decibel. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like i have no idea what you're even doing yeah pretty much she's like it doesn't matter it doesn't matter it doesn't matter yeah i can't even hear the difference yeah exactly and uh, that's that's one of the like super toxic things about having so much control in the door of a like you know in yep. terms of modern technology it's not tape anymore i can do a thousand takes if i want but also you know being the producer is difficult in that way yep yeah yep Definitely. So yeah, deadlines are important. <laughs> Indeed. Well, dude, I don't need to keep you any longer, man. I think we've uh, we've covered a lot of stuff, and this is awesome talking to you. I feel like I should at least turn this way and shake your hand. Uh-huh. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for doing the thanks, <laughs> like man. looking at the screen and looking. <laughs> oh, I, I bled out. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all right. Uh, yeah, thanks for doing this. I really appreciate it. Uh, Jaren, Jay, everybody, go check out Jaren on uh, Instagram. I'm going to link all Jaren's stuff in the show notes. Uh, thanks, dude. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure working with you. This was the I've done three podcasts, I think, in my life, and this was easily the most comfortable. Oh, that's so great to hear, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to, you know, we're trying to do it, trying to have some good conversations here. Yeah, I really enjoyed it, man. Um, yeah. Sweet. Thanks. All right, brother. Woo! We did it. Bye.